Welcome along to Versus Podcast. I'm Jade. And I'm Danny. We're two people with experience in the music industry. Each episode, we explore the reality of dealing with physical and mental health issues as music industry professionals. Joining us on this episode is a record producer. He's an engineer and a musician from our very own Birmingham. His name is Elliot Vaughan. Welcome. Hello, Jade. Hello, Danny. Are you okay? <laughs> it's good to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be here, finally. Yeah, it's but, taken a while. Yeah, also, everyone's running a bit late today. Yeah, trains so, flooding. Yeah. All a nightmare. Because apparently this country can't deal with rain. <laughs> <laughs> so We'll try and have a little oasis of calm in the studio. Yeah, though. it's lovely. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Now, if you can, after your... My gigantic gulp of tea. Your, your huge <laughs> gulp of tea that you've just taken. Yeah. Can you give us a little brief overview of your of your career so far? Yeah, yeah record producer, that's kind of my, my bread and butter. That's my day-to-day, which kind of includes being a musician and being an engineer and being all those things because the job isn't split up as much as it used to be. Um, but yeah, I kind of started in a relatively traditional way of being in really crap bands when I was you know, 14 onwards, you know, school bands and... Um, and then kind of evolving into slightly less crap bands and slightly less crap bands, and then maybe one or two good ones. Um, so I was always playing from a young age. I think I started piano lessons when I was seven and drums and stuff when I was kind of 11, 12, something like that. Um, and was just doing that, playing any band I could. Ended up doing some cool stuff with um, some producers and doing some singles and kind of, you know, the next step of things. And I realised pretty quickly that being in a band wasn't really what I wanted to do long term in terms of the touring and all that I did a lot of that when I was kind of maybe early 20s and we realized and I realized pretty quickly that I just wanted to be on the other side of the glass and be um, I was always more interested in what the producer was doing uh, more interested in what the engineer was doing and how the studio setups were working so kind of set my mind to that um, and just basically just went I'm going to do that then and I haven't really done anything else since. But um started volunteering at studios pretty early on, 18, 19. Uh, and then I went fully self-employed, full-time, about nine years ago. And that's been it. That's kind of been my life since, which has been really good. So how did you get into producing? How did you learn it? Was it just the work experience at studios? or? Yeah, I mean, literally, you know, I had a little bit of, a little bit of kind of peripheral knowledge from doing a bunch band, of stuff. Yeah. Um But yeah, I just... That my first ever studio job, I pestered someone um, and just say, "Can I come to whatever sessions you're doing?" I was young enough to be able to, you know, you don't have any responsibility really. So I was like, "I'll be there whenever you want," and I literally was. It's the old-fashioned thing of making tea and sweeping up and watching. And you know, I remember the first day at a studio in um, in Bristol actually, because I was living there at the time. The first day, the guy went, "Do you know how to?" coil a cable I went, not really and he showed me that <laughs> and then kind of from there um so there was no formal um education with it but um a lot of really great people let me just pester them and watch and then you know your tastes evolve and you kind of learn what they're doing in the art of production and engineering and it was slow because i was just just shadowing people for a long time mm. but it was great and it was uh the best education i think how, how did you go from there to playing shows in japan because oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like then there's a big nine year stint where quite a lot seems to have happened about maybe five years ago I had a bit of an epiphany of like I'm kind of just doing the same stuff as in a lot of kind of a lot of local band things and that's that's cool you know it was great but I thought like, I want to put myself out there and just see what happens 
Have you seen the film Yes Man? Yeah, I mm. love that film. Yeah. See, I, I think the film's all right, but the idea mm. I took was, I'm just going to say yes to things that come along and then figure it out. So the Japan thing happened where uh, there was a band that I loved and I'd recently made a live album with them, and that was a big deal for me anyway. They were going out on tour. I knew that their drummer wasn't going to be doing it. So I kind of, you know, went, oh, maybe I could do that. I had no, absolutely no clue if I would be able to because I hadn't played properly for so long. I certainly wasn't tour fit, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I've been out on tour for a good few years. I'm going to do it. Put myself forward and... I didn't even go to an audition. Basically, I think they were desperate. I sent them a video of me playing one of the harder songs and they rang me about 20 minutes later and went, okay, we've got no one else, so you can do it. <laughs> and it, I had three weeks, I think, to learn an hour and a half headline set for a UK tour. And that was kind of March 2016. Halfway through that tour, it was obviously going okay because they went, oh, we've actually got some dates in Japan summer this year. We're probably going to need you for them as well. Do you fancy it? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I fancy it. And again, just said yes. Didn't know quite what the deal was. You know, no money or anything had been discussed at that point. I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. Let me figure it out. Someone I've always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to see Tokyo. Didn't think I'd ever get a chance in, mm. you know, in real life, really. Uh, so I said yes and did that. Um, but in, in the interim, because of the tour I'd just done, I also got asked to do another tour. It, it's crazy because in that year, we did so much drumming that I hadn't done for probably mm. five years. Um, the second tour I had to do that overlapped was a, a band from France. And the first time I met the band was at their house in France, where I was going to be staying for a week learning the set. So if it had gone wrong, it would have been embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but again, it was just one of those situations where that came up and I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll come to France. It'll be a laugh. And I think I had four days to learn that set. A glutton for punishment. Yeah, but <laughs> it was that. It was just a period of going. Well, it worked for that tour, and they've invited me to Japan. So I'm just going to say yes to everything else and see what happens. Um, and yeah, just kind of figured it all out. And really, that's kind of what I've tried to do since. Um, just say yes to everything. Yeah, I, I, you have to be sensible about it. But if it's something that I want to do, mm. almost regardless of whether I can do it yet or not, yeah. I'll say yes and then figure it out. I won't, you know, I won't go and teach like karate or something <laughs> but if it's within the realms of yeah what, you know, yeah, my skills that I can possibly it's only really within my skill set um, <laughs> but I just think it's for me it's worked out really well um, you know say yes and then figure it out can I ask a question did it did you ever have any kind of imposter syndrome type type thoughts where you thought well, I really don't know what I'm doing yep. I don't deserve to be here every day <laughs> so the France one was completely different musically as well probably the hardest thing I've ever had to learn because it was so weird but I remember on like a Wednesday afternoon in France sitting in the lead singer's kitchen and we were having the discussion we were all just like this might not work here Hmm. you know I think we'd been rehearsing three days or something and I hadn't nailed it and I was like I'm here for a week but I don't know if this is going to happen and I just went okay well let's have tomorrow and then let's see where we are at the end of that so I think I did like a 15 hour day just learning the stuff parrot fashion and they were like okay I think this is going to be alright we've got a few more days but imposter syndrome is something that creeps in for me all the time, especially with kind of the bigger stuff that I do or if it's people that I'm working with that I've admired previously. Mm. Before I get there, I'm always texting my girlfriend going, one, I don't want to go in. Two, they're going to realise pretty soon that I don't know what I'm doing and they're not going to turn up or something, you know. But it happens to me all the time. Every day I get that. Mm. Every day. I think it comes with the DNA of being a creative person. I just think it does. It's the yin and yang. You've got creativity and talent and thinking you've got none. It's a weird thing. Mm. Especially like you said, when it's people that you've been admiring, like yeah. the pressure's really on them. Yeah. And if you see them as like above you, 
you you kind of are like mm, maybe I'm not quite at their level and they're just yeah. going to see through that and it's weird because every time that I do that or I'm in a session with someone you know like that and I realise that it's fine and they're just people and they've booked me for a reason but I seem to forget that again at the start of every session well you were fine at this one it mm -hmm. was great all your fears were silly but then it comes in again mm. and I think it's just something you have to deal with and, and I know for a fact that it's not just me. I know, you know, multiple Grammy winners who still get panic attacks every time they send a mix to a client or whatever, you know. It, they still have that thing. And I think it's because they care so much as well. You know, yeah. if you didn't care, it wouldn't matter. I guess the other side of it is as you become more accomplished and have more Grammys or they're, they're just successful tours, sometimes that in itself can be pressure. Yeah. And you're like, right, well, I've achieved this. Now I have to make sure that I keep it at this level. Yeah, and I think... You know, when I was in Japan, and it was insane, We I wasn't even playing on the album, but we did a sign at Tower Records, and that's still a big thing for them over there. Mm. You know, so it was like lying out the block, and I'm sat there signing it, going, I'm not even on this. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and Japanese fans are insane. And even just the fact, I, I look at pictures sometimes now, and, and I, I filmed the whole of the Toko show from like, behind the drum kit, and I watch it, and go, that seems, that's mad so far from home mm. being treated really well and you know what an accomplishment then afterwards one I had what we call tour blues I don't know if you know much about that we were actually talking about this just before I was like depressed for like three months one because I thought this is probably the best thing I'll ever do mm. and I kind of just fell into it hmm. um, and two just because again you know you're on that high and jet lag and lack of sleep also doesn't help now everything compares to that really maybe that is something that I've subconsciously going oh well it's not going to get better I don't think I look at things and go I'm never going to achieve that again I don't think I do that mm. but it might, there might be some so you and I chatted recently about how we both suffer with migraines yeah I feel like we kind of had a little bond over that because we were we did, both yeah. related to it um so do you want to tell us a bit about when that started for you it's it's really nice to meet a, a fellow sufferer because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was saying too it's like some people use migraine as a you know a synonym for bad head mm. and it's like it, it's difficult to explain it to people who don't get them i guess like any kind of invisible illness um yeah they started pretty young i mean maybe a similar time to when i really started playing music seriously so kind of 11 12 13 i remember my dad getting them when i was a kid and they used to be quite scary because it looked like he was having a stroke or something yeah he was really quite bad but i don't remember maybe i did but i don't remember vividly as a child having them much up until kind of early teens. Um, that's when it started, and they've kind of just been getting worse ever since. Um, they they are more common now than they've ever been in my life. Um, more, not regular, but more often. But yeah, it, it, it's always been a thing that's kind of followed me around, and we tried a number of years back to kind of figure out triggers. And it's really difficult because everybody's different as well. So mm -hmm. people who get migraines can sometimes just... Like my, my dad, they feed out it was like mushrooms and tomatoes, but only like sometimes. Mm. So they'd go, oh, it's tomatoes. So he'd cut out tomatoes for however long and he'd be fine. And then he'd have one anyway, just because of something else. Um, so it's been really difficult. And we've been you know, back and forth to the doctors for a number of years and it, we don't really know why. Don't think from, from doing research and speaking to people, no one really knows why we get them anyway. No. Again, there's always causes and there's always things you can try, you know, glasses or whatever, but none of that seems to be reason for me. Out of interest, Jade, how does it compare to you? Pretty similar, yeah. actually. Like, I say I don't have any triggers, 
I think there are some some things like you were saying stress and sleep can affect it for you but yeah. it's the same for me but again not always mm. like I've not been sleeping the last few days we were discussing before yeah. recording yeah. um and I've not got a migraine I've been like expecting to have mm. one but then other times I'll have like one night where I don't sleep and then I'll be like hit yeah. the next day and I'm like in bed all day mm. I sometimes I can sometimes almost predict them sometimes if my body feels a certain way or if I know that I'm kind of run down and maybe that's all it is maybe for me it's just a symptom of being run down and stressed or whatever but yeah other times I had one in the middle of a holiday once I was in bed for three days you know it's like that's I'm not stressed at all yeah. um, but stress um, anxiety lack of sleep they do cause them I think I'm sure of it um, but I've got kind of a history of bad sleeping anyway because my migraines are so bad I almost feel like it, there's almost a fear within me mm. that oh, I might get one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird, but it, it and because they're so debilitating for me, if I've got a migraine, I cannot work and being self employed. And if I, you know, and I don't know if you get it where you can kind of feel it coming on mm. because there's certain drugs you can take, which like, okay, I'm feeling this start and I'm going to take that and, and suppress it. But if I'm like halfway through a day and I'm like, oh, I think, I think I'm about to. Yeah, you know, hmm. go down the the migraine path. Yeah, um, I have to think really carefully about how I'm going to continue the session if it's if it's tomorrow or the next day, mm. and and so there's a fear there as well, which is it's strange, but you know I think I think it's um, it's definitely something that weighs on my mind, and if and then there's guilt from not sleeping well enough, and there's guilt from working too hard or not looking after myself well enough, because I think oh well. I'm making it worse, and it's not necessarily the case, but I think, well, if I get a migraine, I've, I've done 15-hour days for two weeks, I blame myself for the migraine, mm. you know, and that's a that's probably not a healthy thing that's to do. That's quite an interesting point, actually, because I've noticed that if, I, if I'm, if i like, working intensely for, like, a week, then when I have a rest day, it hits me then. It's yeah. like my body knows that I've not got anything planned for that day, so it's like, <laughs> okay, lucky, have it now. Yeah, yeah it's quite nice that lucky. it does it on my day off, Yeah, but it's also, like creepy it's yeah. like why are you <laughs> happening now like I'm like I just wanted yeah. to chill today and shut off but then that pitch you like a day behind especially if you get it on a day when you're supposed to be working mm. you that day is then removed so I find don't know if you find it as well you have to kind of cater for like your time off mm -hmm. so like if you are hit with a migraine that's what would be your break on a Sunday that's now then taken away so you are working on a Sunday and it's yeah. why I bug Danny in the evenings because I have to then add those hours into yeah. my other days. It, it, there is a stigma, I think, because if you rang into work and oh, I've got a migraine, mm. everyone at work, you know, would be just bitching about it, going, yeah. oh, they've got a day. Yeah, and yeah. it's really, really difficult because having a migraine is like a day's work. It's mm. so hard. And like with me, getting so badly, like my face goes numb, like mm. I can't see. So it's like if I'm having to work, I can't even see the computer. Yeah. You know that basically the only thing that I can do that day is um, moan and lie in a dark room for 12 hours. And it's it's a full day of just, I can't do anything, sorry. So how often do you get your migraines now and how does that differ to when you first got them? There's not really a pattern, it's difficult, but there could be a month where I'd have four that month, you know, one a week. And I could go for three months without getting one. When I was a kid, again, it's hard to kind of remember, but it was occasionally. But now they're definitely more frequent. And, and the doctors have actually said that they do tend to get worse the older you get. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, mine have been the same. Yeah. Again, they don't really know why it gets worse the older you get. It's got to be some neurological issue going on. Yeah. But um, yeah, they tend to get worse the older you get. So I've been getting them more and they're more intense. Yeah. Okay. But now, like, 
my dad's 70 and he doesn't get them at all. You know, he, he was really suffering for the kind of 40 yeah. years of his life. Yeah. So there's a bit of hope on the horizon there. And yeah, maybe definitely. it's a weird thing like, you know, loads of kids have asthma and then suddenly it stops yeah. mm-hmm. and they're fine. So maybe that's going to be a thing to look forward to. But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty regular. And, um, you know, I'll say to my girlfriend, I go, I got a migraine coming on. She'll be like, oh no. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll see you. And that's kind of just how it is. So she gets it now, but it's hard to live with, I think, because it's just yeah, like one day I could just... But I think the point is that it's, it is very common, surprisingly common. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it's it's one in five in women and one in 15 in men. Yeah, I've heard there's more women that get them. Mm. Strange. Mm. Yeah, it's very common. And I think everybody's affected. They're slightly different as well. It's like a lot of illnesses where but there's just kind of some set parameters. You could be suffering in many different ways within those parameters. So it's also quite hard to share. You know, you don't always share symptoms. You know, mm. so some don't get any like headache do they like mm. the, there's some people yeah. that don't get a headache and they get all the nausea and the weird eyesight and all that it's crazy really it's mm. crazy but yeah one in 15 men one in five women did you say yeah well there's a thing known as an aura that one in three people with migraines get yeah i'm one of them yeah so yeah. You, an aura for anyone that doesn't know is basically warning symptoms that you are going to get a migraine yeah well but some people get them some people don't and as you were saying some people get the aura but they don't get the actual headache side of it yeah which i find a bit bizarre <laughs> yeah it's because weird. like i can't imagine having the symptoms but without the headache yeah the aura can be useful because like i said that the, there were some drugs that i used to have where you'd get the aura you'd often like wake up with it or something yeah um, in a way it's quite nice because it yeah, gives you a warning, warning sign. sign and you can be like okay i'll, I'll take my painkillers yeah. now yeah. and then they can kick in yeah. whereas if you were just like kicked with the headache yeah. then it's like oh shit now i've got to deal with it and and sometimes i don't get it sometimes i do and sometimes it's manageable sometimes it isn't so you have the aura but these days it seems to just be less of a it's going to happen do something about it just more of a it's going to happen mm deal with it mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I do get the aura and, and one again one in three you know so do you get do you get that sometimes right yeah. it's, it's all sometimes isn't it everything <laughs> is everything is sometimes yeah. and, that's, and that's the problem mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's it's been this you know migraine is a headache headache is a migraine you know and it it, it does grey area yeah 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 and I think people go for a long time getting really bad headaches like, just mm. I've got a headache you know? yeah. mm. and probably suffer with a migraine do you know? think there's more that can be done in terms of educating people about them Oh, definitely, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it is that thing that I'm saying of people think, oh, it's just a headache. Yeah. I think that's the key takeaway from yeah. this as well is that a headache is completely different to a yeah. migraine. Yeah. Like the headache side of it is a lot more intense and then also you've got all of these symptoms on top of it. Yeah. And like you said, it's just so debilitating. Mm. I, I can get through a, a day with a headache. Mm. You know, I think everybody can. You have yeah. a couple of ibuprofen in the morning or whatever. Yeah. You can't do that. If, I, if I've got a migraine, I, I am not doing anything. Um, and maybe nature's stop sign for me going, well, you ain't stopping on your own, so bam, have that. I think that sometimes as well. There, there was a thing I saw recently where they tried to do some diagrams of what a migraine sufferer sees. But again, there was about 20 different ones, mm. and I recognised maybe three of them. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, what, that happens to me? That's my also. And I showed it to uh, a friend of mine. And he went, do you get all these? I was like, no, sometimes I get none of them, sometimes I get that one, mm. you know. And he's like, I had no idea that that's what, you know, one looked like someone had glaucoma, one was just, it, and it was crazy. Um, so more of those would be good. But I do think the issue is, one, knowing that you're suffering from them if you just think it's a headache, but two, like you had the outside, but having it recognised as this is serious, this person can't be 
at work. This yeah. person can't be at the mm. function that you've asked them to be. They're not flaking. They haven't just got a bit of a bad head. They're not hungover. This is a serious thing that you need to be aware of. Yeah. I, th- I think in the in the workplace, equally in the creative um, industry as opposed to any other industry, maybe it's difficult on an employer's side of things because yeah. it's it's as you say like it is one of those invisible illnesses that's yeah. so difficult to kind of go right oh it's definitely this you've got a doctor's note that says it's definitely this yeah yeah and yeah. because of that that you do end up with people that might ride off of that and take advantage people and- do and well, i don't think you're wrong in saying that you know i just think there needs to be understanding and again education it's like there's no way there's no way i would drive a car if i had a migraine mm. i'd kill someone glance of mine if i've said guys i'm we're gonna have to finish let's pick this up later or something it doesn't happen all that often luckily you know i can normally kind of power through if i get the aura and i can figure it out yeah but I sometimes think i have to say i've got something else do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if you're. Believable. I'm like, oh, I've got to. Yeah, I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm in hospital. Do you know what I mean? Because, because <laughs> again, it's really hard to explain yeah. why I can't come to work with a headache. Like it's got, it's got a bit of a stigma. Yeah, I think it has. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I the thing I think is quite interesting is that you're talking about uh, about the aura, which I'd never come across before. Right. To me, that that's your body's way. Like you say, it's your nature's stop sign. But also, yeah. it's, you've got a superpower there. It's like a spidey sense. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's wicked. Yeah. In the, in the you I'm know. I'm going to start using that. In the most <laughs> humble kind of way. Danger yeah. is afoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, th- and, and that's what we were saying. It's like sometimes that might be great because if, if you've got effective medication for it, you go, this is, ba- is going to happen to you today. Nip it in the bud. Mm. Um, it doesn't always happen. But yeah, that's a really good thing. And I don't know... You know, I'm sure there's other illnesses, but it almost makes me feel like you know, like dogs can smell when you're pregnant or when you've got cancer or something. Mm. It's like, oh. it's like you know, Donnie Darko, the time job, where it's just a little like worm that goes to the fridge and then he walks to the fridge. It's not all that useful knowing what you're going to do in 30 seconds, but he knows he's going to the fridge. Um, but yeah, no, it is. You're right. It's kind of a, a I think it's a useful thing. I'd go as far as saying that if I was going to suffer with migraines, mm. I'd rather have it this way than they just hit me. Yeah. dead on because the times they do you're fine and then suddenly you're watching the film and you can't look at it anymore mm. yeah. so I'd rather be like okay I've got the aura I'm going to look after myself today and that happens as well I think when I feel like it's coming and I look after myself better that day it isn't as bad I will rest I'll be like, I'm, you know, all the things that I should be doing anyway Yeah. so maybe it is a superpower because it says to me well you know today you're going to make sure that you're mm. well rested and treating yourself properly it's usually better it's an interesting one because it kind of strays into the argument do you say that it's something that can be controlled a little bit by your uh lifestyle or health or yeah. fitness or whatever yeah tallying up the people that i know my mum suffered with them for, for a long time when i was younger jade obviously you've you suffer with them um all of these people in my mind are people that work really hard. And yeah. that's not taken away from people that have migraines mm-hmm. or you know, people that don't have migraines that do work hard. But um, it would be interesting to look into the research as to whether it's something that is made worse. You know, the catalyst is, you know, pushing your body too far, yeah. overstressing yourself and that sort of thing. I think research based on lifestyle and does that correlate with migraines? It may have been done. I don't know mm. much about it. But my personal experience is that it probably does correlate. I definitely get them when I'm stressed and not slept and they go hand in hand. I think they probably do. As From my personal experience, I think that's definitely, there's a correlation there for sure. So going on from that, little story that neither of you actually know, pretty much no one in my life knows. My stepdad, so not my actual dad, so it's not hereditary for me from him. Yeah. 
He is one of the worst cases in the country for migraines. Wow. He's had all the treatment under the sun. Yeah. Um, we had an appointment with him recently. I, I've not been to many of the appointments with him because I haven't been able to, but I went to one recently and found out that one of the medications he was on a few years ago was like 4,000 milligrams, yeah. which is like insane. Like yeah. usually it's up to like 100 max. Yeah. And I, even I was like, what? And the consultant, because it was a new consultant, yeah. his face just like dropped and he was like, wow. what? So he's had like all the medication under the sun, all the different types of medication. He had um, one of the treatments is Botox. So they put um, yeah. Botox all across like the nerves in your forehead. Yeah. There's like 80, I think. Um, that did nothing. Wow. He's had um, brain surgery, so they've inserted a stimulator into his head, which wow. basically connects to the nerves, and you have like a little remote control, which is quite amusing. Yeah, <laughs> and you like man. you can like yeah, you can like <laughs> zap yourself when you feel it coming with like the aura wow. or whatever. That didn't touch it. Yeah, and um, he's basically in bed twenty four seven. Like he never goes out. It wow. obviously affects us all as a family mm. yeah. because we can't do things as a family as such anymore. Again, we've got to kind of work around when yeah. he is okay. Like people will say to him if he leaves the house and like visits someone. So are you okay today? And he just says yes because it's easier than yeah. explaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm able to like force myself out of the house today. Yeah. So he. He kind of has no life now. So I don't want to get too personal if you don't want it, but no, how, how does how through. does that affect him mentally? Because if the, I know how useless it makes me feel if I have mm. two days, with, you know, and mine mine are kind of like really bad for a day, and then I have two days of fogginess, and I'm kind of a bit mm. useless. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. And it and it kind of puts me into a slump of mm. not mentally it hurts, but how does that affect him? Because I can't imagine that. I can't imagine it's a bright mm. and breezy existence. Oh, yeah, it definitely affects him. Like. Yeah. He's had like suicidal thoughts and stuff. Yeah, there's been times with migraines where I go, it'd be easier if I was dead. Mm. Like I've said, I've said it. I've gone the way I feel right now. I'll be happy if I don't wake up yeah. because it's just so bad. Yeah. So if he's got it that bad that often, I can, I can. Well, he imagine. constantly has a migraine of some sort, not just the headache, as we were saying, yeah. a migraine, and he gets all the different types of migraines as well. So there's like cluster headaches, yeah, um, tension headaches. He yeah. gets like all of them, yeah. not just like one. So it's like a complete clusterfuck, as you yeah. said earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it definitely affects him. They've like referred him for like psychotherapy. Right. Um, it took forever for yeah. that someone to even consider that. Yeah. And then it came at a point where his brother and his dad had been diagnosed with cancer yeah. in the same week. So it was his second appointment, only over the phone, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. They basically had to drop him because they were like, okay, now we don't know if you're like down because of your migraines or because of mm. this life situation. And it was like, it's ridiculous. I could go on about this forever. Yeah. But yeah. Be, <laughs> being depressed with a reason, i.e. two close family members being diagnosed with that, yeah. that's sad. Mm. So yeah, because there's a reason for your depression. So they're going to go, well, we can't tell, which is not useful because like, yeah, but also I live with this thing yeah. that mm. I always have. Yeah. And I haven't been happy for this long because of that. Mm. It's hard. So though, again, just to add the severity of it, I think, yeah, a large majority are people who overwork themselves. I think stress is definitely one of the main causes for a right. lot of people. Yeah. But that's not the case for him because he's yeah. still getting them 10 years on and yeah. he doesn't obviously work or yeah. anything. Yeah. So we've, we've talked a little bit about, about medication there. Mm -hmm. For Elliot, like, what's the situation with the medication for you? I was prescribed one for a while and it didn't really do a lot. Can you remember what it was called? I can't. Do you know yeah. well, do you know what it was meant to do? Like what was It was uh, a painkiller and then there was a nausea cuz I get really yeah. bad nausea. Okay. And then uh, I can't remember what the nausea was. But a lot of the painkillers are kind of 
they don't really touch it. And I can deal with that more than I can deal with the the feel the feel inside of it that you know the nausea there was an over-the-counter one that was actually really effective for me and it was margarine there's two versions of it i don't know if you've used it uh, it's like margarine pink margarine yellow margarine pink is, is really amazing like it kills the nausea yeah i think you told me about but you can't get it anymore oh really no so i would have like that would save my life mm-hmm. i would be on tour in the van knowing that we're sound checking it for whatever and i'd feel the aura and i'd have two of those and I would get through the show. It would know, mm. be it would go and then get to bed and probably be okay. Um, and then there's like a yellow one, which is just for pain, which is kind of pointless for me. So um, are you not taking anything at the moment? Doctors are looking at other ways. It's now getting to the point where, okay, what's the next step? What's the other stuff we can do? Mm. Uh, and I'll be there next week, actually, trying to figure something else out. Have you heard about the piercing you can get as well, apparently? Yeah, in your, heard about what's that. it called? Tragus. Yeah. yeah, it's in the little bit yeah. of your ear. Um, I haven't had that yet. Is that meant to relieve? I think it either does or it doesn't. But I know people who've had it and it doesn't work and they've Mm. now got a piercing they don't want. (laughs) But, you know, I've kind of not been great at it, really. Again, I think a lot of it is just, uh, you know, not giving myself the time to really properly check it. But the things that we've tried in the past that haven't worked, they kind of deflate you a little bit and go, Mm. well, if that's not working, nothing's going to work. It's not the right way to do it. But obviously with your stepdad, they're trying so many things. He's literally tried everything. It's mad, isn't it? We're now waiting for... They've made some antibodies, yeah. which I'm not quite sure how they work, but um, they're supposed to be really effective, but the yeah. NHS being the NHS in the current situation. Yeah. They've been accepted in Scotland, but yeah. not, not England at the moment, yeah. which is quite frustrating, because we're hoping that that like, eventually pushes through here. Mm. But it's it's just crazy that there's like so many different extremes and like you were saying so many people like experience them differently yeah yeah in terms of looking at coping strategies jade you talked a little bit in terms of as a family how you deal with it for your dad are there any day-to-day things that help him um he has a couple of medication that like take the edge off a little bit um so he takes i think it's a triptan so there's different right, yeah, medication right. types does he have buclozine I've re- i remember that that's a nausea one but i don't He's know how bad he gets nausea he probably no has. i don't i think that's the one thing he doesn't get He's actually i think he gets it, it occasionally right. It affects him so badly sometimes that we think he's like having a stroke yeah. or he's having a heart attack. Like last night, actually, he was getting chest pain. Yeah. Um, but there's been times when we thought he's literally in the middle of having a stroke. Like we've gone up to sit, like check on him. Mm. It's a running joke because my mum doesn't check on him as often as I do. So I'm like, <laughs> I care about you more. But we went, I remember we went up to him one night and, um, he was talking shit and like he's he's quite a joker anyway so we were like are you messing around and then like his face just started like dropping and Mm. what happens a lot is his eye blows but it doesn't just blow a little bit his his eye goes completely red and then like his arm like he he couldn't move it and stuff and we were like shit he's having a stroke yeah like you don't want to call the ambulance out and like panic them and then it's kind of nothing although obviously it's something but 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 it's it's yeah it's not yeah, it's so we, we, we have to like leave it, it, which yeah. obviously could be dangerous one day and yeah. like be like, okay, is this turning into something proper? Yeah. Or like he blacks out all the time and yeah. everything. And like we've had the ambulance out more. It does mimic a lot of other illnesses sometimes. Mm. Like I said, pe- like, people have thought I'm drunk because they're like slurring my words and, mm. you know, or again, you know, a stroke. Or uh, my dad used to, you know, numb down the whole, always the left side of his body, yeah. wow. like, you know, like yeah. a stroke. Yeah. And he's lying in bed and he can't. He can't talk. He's drinking water from you know from one side of his mouth, 
if you didn't know, you'd be like, the man's going to die. He's having yeah. a stroke. You know? And I guess it's because it's neurological and because it's the head. Mm. It, it can affect you in almost any any way. It's I've, mad. What do you do on your bad days? You said that you have to just like sit in a dark room yeah, and do nothing. Yeah, dark room, as dark as possible, and really just try to sleep. That's all I can do. And, you know, and the, the catch-22 of that is you're in so much pain that it's hard to sleep. But that is the most effective way for me to get rid of it quickly. Mm. If I try to carry on and do anything, you know, I can't, I get really light-sensitive. I can't have lights mm. on. We've got we've got blackout curtains and all that for specifically having that. Because um, if it's the middle of the day, I need like, pitch yeah. blackness. As little sound as possible. Um, the medication, when I've got them, but really, at the moment these days, it's the best painkillers I can get and as much sleep as I can possibly get until a better option comes along. That's kind of all I can do, really. And mm. what other symptoms do you get? So you've got the sensitivity to light, yeah, obviously the head pain. Yeah, like intense, intensely nauseous, and where where you know being sick would does not make it go away. You know, if you if you yeah. if you feel sick and you're sick and you're fine, yeah, it, it it doesn't make it go away. And I'm rarely sick from them. Like a lot of people I know are just just like it's like they've got a, a stomach bug or something. Mm. But I don't I don't get sick, but I feel like constantly I'm just gonna be sick. Um, yeah, you know the blurred vision, um, slurred speech, the intense headaches. Sometimes I get the kind of arm tingles. Sometimes I don't, but mm. that's kind of rare. The headaches are kind of pretty bad but then sometimes i'll have one and i haven't got a headache the additional thing i'd add to that that i get is i always get intense pressure yeah. in my eye and it's just like then it obviously affects yeah. my vision i get the blurred vision like you and it's just like horrible because i always get the pain well it tends to vary i get it like either at the back of my head or like right. overall or one side but yeah. i always have the pain behind the one eye and that's when i know it's like a, a yeah. worse migraine like i get different levels i don't know about do you, you. Do you ever get the like my scalp hurts not like a headache way, like mm, someone's like pulling my hair. Oh. Yeah, and and like I'll I'll yeah, it's tender, so I'll touch it, in it, and my head is tender as if you know my hair's just been pulled and it hurts. Um, I get that, not often, but like occasionally, sometimes enough for it to be kind of hmm. noticeable. And go, oh, hmm. that's something that I don't think is common. Um, that's a really weird one. Literally, like my hair's being pulled and it's tender and, and hurting, and then, you know. Um, so then you pull your hair just to check, and then I, well, <laughs> and yeah, then it makes it worse. Yeah, but then it's like it's that it's that weird thing. You know, when you have got like a toothache and you like push it in. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Is, is this hurting or is it me being weird? And I took it. No, my my actual head is hurting, not like headache, like actual physical scalp. Oh. Yeah. Tenderness. It's really weird. Yeah. And that only ever happens with the migraine. I, don't, I haven't got some other random kind of thing. That only ever happens when I'm kind of in bed with a migraine, my scalp's hurting, I'm like, what's this now? That's quite interesting. But that's relatively new as well. As we kind of come toward the end, I want to kind of look at, hopefully that there's some some positives that we can take from this. Do you find that having um, people around you that understand and are aware of this as a thing, yeah. um, that that helps you uh, and, and, and helps you kind of get through it? Look, so my girlfriend, having seen it for five years now, is really good. She she gets it. I don't. She didn't before, but when you see someone who's like, begging to die <laughs> yeah when she's seen that and she gets it she might not understand exactly what all the symptoms are but she's like this is the you know, he's going through this it's fine obviously my dad who had him real bad and my mom who was they're, they're separated now but yeah when we lived when we were young so she knows what it goes so my mom is uh my mom was a doctor as well so she kind of helped me through a lot of it so she gets it she doesn't suffer from them but she understands it so that's really great 
but it's just an immediate circle. If anything is outside that and I'm trying to explain to somebody or a flake on something, you know, mm. tell someone I'm going to go see them at It a can show. get to the point as well where if you have a certain group of friends that don't fully understand, mm. you have to keep cancelling and then they think yeah. you're just like dropping out for no reason. They don't understand and then yeah. you quite often can lose friends because of that. The worst one's clients for me. I'll say, yeah, I'll come to the show. I'll be there front and centre this day and then I can't go. I'm like, I can't, I can't. There's no way I can do that. I might be able to get up and make a drink. Especially a show. With yeah, but I can't music. do that. I can't go and see a band or whatever. And I just have to look like a flaker, mm. you know, because um, you can't explain it to everyone for an hour, can you? So, um, But having it close to me, a family, it's great. And living with someone who gets it, that's really cool. What would you say is most important in having people understand? I think because everyone suffers differently, it really just depends. But for me, just being able to say, you know, with me, if 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 I've got the aura and I can say that and they know what I'm talking about, then they can say, okay, well, you just do what you need to do. Mm. What Can I get you anything? You know, just, just kind of allowing, for me, it's being allowed to have that self-care and being able to shut off because some people get a bit, like, oh, he's being antisocial, or he's meant to do this tonight, or we were meant to do this tonight. You know, I have to cancel stuff with a girlfriend sometimes. And all I really need for her is to go, okay, cool, I'll let him know. Mm. You go to bed, whatever. You know, that's the important thing for me is is that kind of understanding of... Because there's nothing really that they can do physically to help other than just say, what do you need? I understand, just, you know, go do nothing. So I guess communication's a key thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... If you've got loved ones who don't understand it yet, spend some time explaining it to them. Maybe go to a doctor together just to initially say, this is what I get. The doctor can tell you more than I can. Um, and then just, you know, hopefully there's understanding there. If you've got a new relationship or if it's even if it's an existing one and they don't get it, just spend an evening talking about it and say, mm. this is what I get. This is how it affects me. This is what I need you to do. Which is usually nothing other than just you know letting me be what I need to be, um, but I think that's the big one. But it's like anything, unless you can see the disease, unless you can see what's oh that looks awful, but you can't really explain how it feels. So it's just a case of okay, I trust that you know your body best, and I'll let you get on with it. You don't want someone that mm. gets annoyed about you not doing anything or whatever. Yeah. Elliot, it's it's been fantastic talking to you getting an insight um before we finish can you give us a little rundown on on the rest of your year any plans for 2020 no major major 2020 plans i think there is talk of a tour next year that i might actually japan. agree to do <laughs> <laughs> not japan uk tour so there's a bank or sponge that i work with um and hopefully they're going out on a headline tour in march and i'll go out with them make a live album um i do a podcast myself with a guy called ollie edkins that's called Ollie and Elliot Wax Lyrical, Series 2, Wonderful. in January, finally. Uh, so start that's coming out. Off right. Yeah, so kind of the start of the year is me kind of completing that and finishing that because it's, I think it's what, 12 episodes. And as you know, it's quite a lot of work. <laughs> um, and none of them are properly edited yet. So that's all <laughs> got to be done. And then, yeah, uh, just more work. And there's, uh, I kind of wanted, the, there's some things I'll kind of want to hopefully do in summer. If anyone wants to uh, check out fantastic work that Elliot does, you can find him online, Twitter and Instagram, at Elliot M. Vaughan. Elliot, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank thanks you. For, thanks Thank so you much so for much coming, coming and chatting to us. Yeah. Thank you. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Elliot.
We're now up on other platforms, including Google and Apple. So make sure you subscribe and follow to keep up to date with new episodes. We're still new, but do drop us a message on our socials with any comments or any feedback or anything you'd like to hear from us. You can follow us at versus podcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram and at versus podcast one on the Facebook.